Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., coming to you live from Sin City, wow. Radio Row, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Dad. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. We are presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings' official flowers spot for Valentine's Day coming up here. We got a great show for everybody today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review it. Jessica Smetana going to stop by today. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Lombardi from VSIN going to be with us in the second hour of the show. As we get ready here to look ahead to the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, the 49ers in town. Dad, you're going to be on the call for the game for right. Westwood yep. One on the radio call of this, but just in general, as we've gotten in here and gotten situated in the city, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that this would happen, given where when you started covering this industry and this sport decades ago, the relationship with this city, with gambling no and the shot. NFL to where it is now? I mean, no shot. And, and you can pull old quotes from Roger Goodell and others high up in the NFL when there was talk of gambling and football years ago, how it would hurt the game and how it was such a negative impact on sports to have gambling involved to where we are now is the NFL taking billions of dollars, yes, you yes. know, from in, in legalized gambling. So it, it was a place that the NFL is normally last to come along on things yeah. because they don't have to. They're a bit of an iceberg. In that's that exactly way. They right. They have so much gravity about them. It's a, it's a perfect analogy and, and they just don't, have to. They're the biggest, they're the best, and they make the most money, right? And almost nothing can break them. They may get dented every now and then, but for the most part, they never get broken. So they're allowed to go with their own pace, and that's exactly what they did with this until they crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and then realized, like anything else in sports with owners in a for-profit business, how much money goes in our pockets. Yes. 
How much money? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. How much can go in our pot? Wait, we can make what in this? Okay, why don't we look into it a little bit more? Because it wasn't that long ago, and I keep bringing this up, when Tony Romo mm-hmm. was supposed – and you know how big fantasy football is. He was going to do a fantasy draft in Las Vegas, not even in a casino. In, in a convention center or something that had nothing to do with a casino, but it was in Vegas, and the league told him, no, he could not do it. Now, I mean, everybody – now, still, if you're a player, if you're a coach, if you work for the NFL, you cannot gamble. You can't go in a sports book. Which, let me tell you, coming into this weekend <laughs> yeah. for a guy that's getting ready to be on the call for the game yeah. – Dad was a little concerned, a little concerned that some of those rules on gambling applied yes. to him because him and my mom do some gambling. Yeah. Not like necessarily the sports book kind of gamble. My mom lives no, in no, those no. slots. My dad plays a ton of blackjack. And the thought that my dad might not have been able to go yeah. and play blackjack yeah. on this trip, you'd have thought we told him his dog died. You so, were beside yeah. yourself. So two things I finally understand. And, and, and it's basically around a sports book. Sure. I don't go in anyway. I, 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 don't, I don't do that. I know I can't do that in working for Westwood One. Right. So I steer clear of that. But I do play blackjack. I do I do hit the slots as well at times, and your mother is maniacal on the slots. We went over to do Dan Patrick this morning. They're over at the Fountain Blue, and we walk into there, and I'm thinking, oh, Mom came along because she wanted to watch us yes. go both do this hit. And she turns left when we're going up the escalator. She goes, oh, no, I'm going to pull slots. Yeah. I wanted to check out this casino. She's been scouting the joint. D- didn't she's even, casing it like she's yes. in Ocean's Eleven. Didn't even go watch her, her husband and her son go on a, a show together. She veered off to gamble. And by the way, I am a available for any kind of paid appearances this week because I am already in the hole and I'd like to make that up. That is true so, and if yeah. there's one thing my dad yeah. can do around the Super Bowl. Dad, what Super Bowl is this for you? How many of these weeks have I you been out here and covered? I think it's in the area of between 26 and 28. So my dad laundry list of career accomplishments. He's in two radio Hall of Fames, played nine years in the NFL. My dad's most valuable skill set might be his ability to sling product yeah. in the area behind us at Radio Row. You want dynamic? I've seen him sling diabetes medication and Mountain Dew in the yeah. same hours in the day. So it is one it's of your skill. more impressive skill sets. It's a skill. And you have to understand, too, the, the, the pulling the curtain back here of, of what goes on here. This is what happens with and think about what happens for like Hall of Famers, oh, like God. guys that we're going to talk to, like the Emmett Smiths and Joe Montana's, Anthony Munoz's of the world, the guys that are wearing the gold jackets. I mean, they go through here and they talk football and they talk about their product. And when you wear a gold jacket, it works out really, really well for you. The but check they write you has a few yes, more commas yes. when that is part of but, your resume. But, but that's what this is. You get to talk football with some of the some of the greatest players to ever play. You let them talk about their product, but you get to talk football, and that's what this week is and and it's not even a lot of football in the beginning of the week like where we where where we are right now it's you kind of evolve to it but obviously we'll talk football every day but it's a it is a, it's a long week and for me it used to be what party can I go to now it's like when can I go to bed you know you're at the yeah. age now still of what party can I go to well and thankfully as we've told you guys uh, we are live 4 to 6 p.m. <laughs> yes. Eastern yes. during this week coming to you from Las Vegas one to three local here which is really good for my physical health. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can have a lot of time to get up each morning and try and try sweat and make it, out. it work and sweat it out here. <laughs> It'll be a great week out here. We've got all the, you know, Dan Lebetard. Dan Lebetard is at a Super Bowl yeah. for the first time in my lifetime yep. here. They're over at Circa. Stu Gotts has been wandering around here already. So we're going to have a great week with all of them. Like you mentioned, we've got tons of current and former NFL players coming by here that are going to be a part of the show all week as we get going. But 
Dad, you mentioned it. We've got a lot of time to ramp up and digest yeah. and talk about this game. But as the teams arrived yesterday and we've got Super Bowl opening night coming up tonight where all the teams will get in front of media in the talk, as you currently sit here right now, what in your mind is the biggest storyline going into this game that's a rematch of a Super Bowl that we got four years to, ago? To me, it's the unsexiness because it ain't Mahomes or Purdy or the offensive firepower. It's the defenses. It's the defenses on how well they played. I mean, Kansas City and how well that defense played and yeah. what they did to who was going to be the MVP and Lamar Jackson of what they did to them in the AFC Championship game. How that defense has picked up a lot of slack from the offense this year. Remember, this offense led, I think, with 32 or 33 drops during the year. They had two in the last game. And, oh, by the way, the, the two or three, three, two were by Travis Kelsey. Who, and, ironically <laughs> enough, yeah. in the, that game, I believe, set the record. Set for the, the most career receptions in NFL postseason history, passing Jerry freaking Rice. Passing Jerry Rice. And that that who is now – and now tra Travis uh, Kelsey is chasing Jerry Rice in Super Bowl – in, in postseason stats, in Super Bowl stats. It's yeah. unbelievable what this guy like has done. he's second on the all-time list right. for receiving touchdowns <clears throat> behind him as well. Has a chance to go out as the most accomplished yeah. postseason pass catcher of all time. But all that being said, it's the defense. It's yeah. the defense. The San Francisco defense, third in a regular season against a run under 90 yards – in the postseason, giving up over 150 yards a game, 130 some to Detroit, yeah. uh, 180 some uh, before that to Green Bay, to Green Bay uh, in, in a game that I uh, that I had called. Brock Purdy, in all honesty, has not looked great in the especially the first halves of these games, but he has finished strong. But to me, it's the defense, the depth of a San Francisco defense, and can you stop the run? I get a, I'm going to get a chance to talk to Fred Warner a little later. They're they're all pro uh, linebacker on what has been going wrong with that running game especially in the postseason and you know and then obviously the Kansas City defense I'm going to get to get to talk to Nick Bolton and Chris Jones and say what's been going so right with your defense and what Steve Spagnuolo has been doing what they did to Lamar Jackson and bottling him up yeah. now Brock Purdy is not as much of a runner though we had a couple of big runs sure. last week but Brock can get rid of the ball he has more dynamic weapons to kind of point guard the ball to yeah it, it's it's certainly a game where both the defense's prowess, the things that they do well of the story, but also, like you mentioned, the clear weaknesses up front for both of them. These are both teams that, against the style of runs the other teams major in, right. tend to struggle. We've seen that be the Achilles heel for the 49ers in this run. We haven't seen the Chiefs maybe exploited as much as we expected during this playoff run, but Buffalo was able to move the ball on them pretty well on the ground. The Baltimore Ravens just opted not to in a way that I know frustrated a lot of Ravens fans with Todd Munkin's game plan there. But this whole postseason, Dad, has kind of been a throwback. As much as we're going to talk about under Understandably, Patrick Mahomes, who is going to become the first quarterback to start four different Super Bowls before the age of 30. Right. He is 28 years old, by the way. He's got two more years before he's going to be 30 that we could potentially be adding to that and putting that so far out of anyone's reach. It's not even funny. You've got that on one side. And then Brock Purdy, who I think over the course of this week, we've got a really good opportunity to sort of reframe the way that we talk about him in light of the most toxic conversation around quarterbacks I've seen in a while this season. It really does tend to center around these two defenses and which team is going to be able to cover up for their flaws enough to survive because they've both been strengths. This year has been, I think, so difficult as we've gotten to this point where the Chiefs are in a Super Bowl most people didn't expect to be there. Right. A lot of it is because I think in our minds it's still taken a while for our perception of them to catch up with reality. 
we still perceive them as Mahomes, Kelsey, the offense, the thing that's been the story there, whereas they're a defense and run-the-ball football team, and that's kind of been the flavor of this postseason. It's sort of been a throwback postseason for a lot of the teams that yeah, we've seen. Yeah, it, it has, and and I'm not a huge stats guy, but the one things I, I thing I do look at is what's the quarterback good at and what that quarterback's good at, the opposing defense is also good at stopping. So those are the kind of matchups. Because let's be honest, who had the better regular season, Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? Statistically, Brock, it was Brock it was Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah. And, and a lot of the things he does well, Kansas City defensed those things well with all other teams yep. in the regular season. So that's a matchup that I look for. Then the one thing, as I mentioned, I'm going to get to talk to Chris Jones. I did not realize this. By the way, you keep mentioning all these interviews that you're going to get to do for Westwood One. Yeah. Kind of hurtful. Like, you can't just try and pitch them on coming over here. Say, hey, fellas, I got this show, Gojo and Golick. It's on the DraftKings Network. Yeah. It's on Samsung TV+. Plus. Yeah. It's on Roku. Yeah. It's all these places. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. It's a great show. I'm sure you guys have already been paying attention to it. You want to come over here? It seems like you're being awful stingy right now. Well, they asked, who do I do the show with? And I said, my son. They Interesting. Said, they said, pass. Interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah no, going to so. blame me for that. All right. All right. It's Why fair. Not? You haven't asked them. Uh, that no, hurts me. That hurts right. me deeply. I, have, I haven't asked them. Uh, Chris Jones, how about this? 13 double teams against Baltimore, 23 times he was double-teamed against Buffalo, and also 13 times doubled against Miami. In the three playoff games, he was double-teamed 49 times. And last year, when they, in 2022, when they played San Francisco, he was double-teamed 19 times. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable to me. And the, the fun in this game to me is going to be watch where he lines up. Because if you're looking at a weakness on that San Francisco offensive line, it's a gr really good offensive line. Just don't go anywhere near the left tackle. Yes. Trent Williams. Exactly. Chris Jones rarely lines up over there. It's going to be over the guards or the right tackle. And we, we had talked about this when this game was set. You as a former lineman of the, the film those guys want to watch about Oh, God, you know, but a lot of times I'm sure you're going to slide that way. But that's also the job of Steve Spagnolo is try to get Chris Jones singled up. Well, I, I think that what you brought up is a reminder of why we see him moved around so much, why his placement on the line's always been a subject, because when you're a guy that gets that kind of attention, you're right. It falls on the coordinator to try and find clever ways to get you a couple of those one on one matchups a game, because Chris Jones has in the especially last few years become one of the best closers in yeah. The NFL yeah. in postseason games. When they need a big play at the end of the game, a la Aaron Donald and that Super Bowl, a la plays that we've watched Chris Jones play, he's been able to slam the door shut on a lot of these teams. And part of that is the coaching situation, which you know also this week is going to be an incredible thing that gets talked about here. Because on one side, you've got Kyle Shanahan going into this game, who's trying to slay some demons right now. Kyle Shanahan, who has held leads both as a coordinator in the Super Bowl in Atlanta and as the head right, coach right. in the Super Bowl against this Chiefs team four years ago, and in both cases, blown them in meme-worthy fashion. So he's got that following him around. While on the other side, Dad, you mentioned it earlier today when we were talking on the Dan Patrick Show, Andy Reid probably in the sea of headlines. I mean, we haven't even yeah, hit yeah. Oh, Taylor yeah. Swift and Travis oh, yeah. Kelsey yeah. and what went on at the Grammys last night, and we will get to that. Uh. But with all of these other storylines swarming about, and is Brock Purdy elite, and Patrick Mahomes, and are the Chiefs villains now because they've done so well for so long, quietly sitting in the middle of all of this, not ever courting the fanfare outside of some great appearances in those commercials, 
Andy Reid sitting there yep. now having done this kind of dynastic building, albeit without the Super Bowl hardware in Philadelphia, but done this kind of building to make another team a power at two different stops along the way in a way that's uncommon for coaches in the NFL. Yeah, he gets lost in the shuffle. He's a guy that never seeks a uh, attention. Now, most coaches don't sure. uh, see seek attention. But, yes, he has. And I think what hurts him is the fact that he got to the, what, NFC Championship game, what, five times in Philly. He only got to one Super Bowl and lost it. Sure. So didn't close that deal. But he is inching up as far as those games played in Super Bowl appearances with some of the other top he's – he's a walk-in Hall of Famer. Easily. There's no doubt about that. But he people are looking at that and saying, you know, you haven't gotten the payoff more than others have when you're talking about the elite. And that's the thing of it is when you start getting compared to the elite, you find warts a little bit, uh, a little quicker. And he just, and that's what's going to be the knock on him is, yes, he got there, but he didn't win all yeah, the time. It's, it's funny to consider that in an offseason, though, where we've talked so much about the coaching hires that went on around the NFL. And now that we've shut the door on the coaching carousel, and we've seen Bill Belichick left out of that left out of the right. coaching carousel, the guy who's most people's answer for the greatest NFL coach of all time, didn't even get a chance to do this. What his quarterback did going down to Tampa saying, I can do it without you. Andy Reid had that tenure in Philadelphia, made them a perennial power. I mean, you played for Philadelphia for six years, so I grew up an Eagles fan. I was an Eagles fan during the years where Andy Reid and all of those players, Brian Dawkins and Brian Westbrook and Donovan McNabb, quarterback, were this perennial powerhouse in the NFC. And he left and just built that somewhere yep. else again. And so in an season where we saw, hey, Bill Belichick got the door shut. I mean, we think in part because of personality, how he runs the organization. Andy Reid came in and was able to take a different place with different resources and different strengths and make it into now the premier dynasty in the NFL again in a way that we probably do not give enough credit. Uh, I will never forget because I did have that infamous saying oh, when, man, yeah. when Alex Smith was the quarterback of the Chiefs and they, after the year... After you want to bring this back up on your own? Well, wow, I mean, this is brave. I, th this is more to pub Andy Reid. So, back again when Alex Smith was the quarterback and Pat Mahomes was the rookie. Remember, Pat Mahomes turned down marketing deals, being sure. a first-rounder because he said, I'm not the guy playing. Focus should be on Alex Smith. And then they went away from Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, and I said, no way on God's green earth that Patrick Mahomes yeah. is going to have that kind of a season when you, when you just throw him in there after you get rid of Alex Smith. And, of course, I think he threw 50 touchdowns that year or whatever he yeah, did. He did. He but did. I remember that year after saying something like that, you know, Andy, fortunately, you know, and I've been very lucky with this, I've been friends for a very, very long time. And I remember Andy texting me one morning and said, Mike, I'm just telling you, you should see that Mahomes in practice and what he does. And that's somewhere we don't get to go. Sure. It's somewhere we, we don't know in certain situations. You know, flash way forward to the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco. Yep. What you see out of him and what you what we don't get to see in practice where you don't have the confidence. Or other top quarterbacks who you're waiting to see them get a chance. And if they don't, don't, it's like, why? It's like, well... The coaches and everybody gets to see him in practice and what they can do. And Andy said, you wouldn't believe this guy in practice of what he can pick up and what he can do. And, I mean, they, they obviously traded up to get him, and they knew what they were doing. So his ability to see talent, pick talent, develop talent has been incredible because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we all saw, you know, at Texas Tech, but it's Big 12. Everybody throws oh, yeah. for big yards there. So who knows? It's one of the biggest knocks against yes. Cliff Kingsbury, yes. who's now the offensive coordinator for the Commanders, is how did you have this and only yes. get that? Isn't it? the biggest crapshoot to draft a Big 12 quarterback who throws for a gazillion yards going, well, they never make it in the NFL. Well, now we've seen some make it in the in the NFL. 
obviously including Patrick Mahomes, but I'll never forget that text from Andy and going, okay, and, and man, couldn't have been more right on, on picking this talent. And both of these quarterbacks, I saw Peter King uh, did a great article where he drove to work with Kyle Shanahan in the lead up to this game, and Kyle talked about when the last pick in the draft's coming around, and you know this, at the end of those rounds, it's guys getting up on a table and banging for who they want to try and bring in with that seventh round pick, and Kyle Shanahan had really liked Brock Purdy. He said that they had a fourth round grade on him, but they figured he could slip to late in this draft, and there was talk about could they get him as an undrafted free agent, and how would that work out? And finally, the York said, is this the best guy on the board? And Kyle said, yes. And they said, what are we talking about then? And bring him in. And then they got to go from there. Obviously, you only get so much credit for the last pick in the draft. Right, but right, right. it was that same idea that both organizations and both coaches had an understanding of, hey, we kind of know the guy that we want, albeit in very different spots. And now they've both wound up in the same place where on one side, the 49ers will be the first team to have five different Super Bowl starting yeah. quarterbacks on their team. The other side going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's now, like we said, going to be the youngest quarterback to go and start four different Super Bowls before the age of 30. So different roads to get there, but both teams that very much knew what they wanted and have found a way to get here on multiple occasions. These have been two of the perennial powers in the NFL during the last five or so years, and we get to see them square off again now. I, I don't want yeah, I mean, we're the first day and there's so much, but I got a, I have a great stat on I think it will shock a lot of people about Kyle Shanahan. We'll get to it at some point. But how much does it count against San Francisco. They hit on Brock Purdy. I get it. But they missed on Trey Lance and gave up a lot of hard work for him. We will get that stat and the answer to that question. Coming up next here in Vegas, Jessica Smetana going to join the show here from the Dan Levitard Show next here on Gojo and Golik. Hey, Dad. What do you do when you're out with friends, the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help? Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, live here in Las Vegas. We are presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. 
It's DiGiorno. We were just slamming pizza before we came on. It was definitely DiGiorno. Don't ask any questions about it. Otherwise, Mike Golick Jr., <laughs> Mike Golick Sr. And we are joined here by Jessica Smetana, co-host of Golick and Smetty, the Dan Levitard show, who you can catch out here all week as well. How we doing, bud? I feel like I. it felt natural for you to introduce me as like Mike Golick third or something. Like yeah, I feel like that is I, true. I should be also a Mike Golick. I, 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 Mike's Golick. I, I would always want to include her in, in our family since, again, her and Sid, Sydney are the same age, except she age shames me all the time all well, the time it's just so weird because jess is technically yes sydney's age but is infinitely like more much like i feel i always feel like jess is my age <laughs> thanks like it's so it just so you're ripping you're ripping your sister who is a mother now by the way well i mean yeah being a mother doesn't make yourself, her any more mature you're aging yourself like a lot yeah I no feel like i am yeah, like, oh I, my age yeah <laughs> 32. I don't know age, how old you are. 34. Boy, he's saying you look 34. No, oh, I mean. Oh, I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think anyone's saying that. The retinol is working. All right. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Listen, I'll fall back on that one. Oh, all right, so. that's good. That's Off good. Off and running. Jess, how's it? Uh, how's it been so far out here? Uh, it's been Vegasy. It's so yeah. Vegas. I we have been here for a solid, oh, like. 30 hours at this point and I feel like I've been inside the entire time just going from like casino to casino conference room to convention center it's yeah so you're get, really getting ready to take a trip for about a week right so you prepare yeah. everything ask her how much cash she has on her I forgot I just she for forgot I mean you can go to ATMs I don't can have you? a debit card. Yeah. What? Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, man. This is my most Sydney quality. I lost my debit card like two years ago. I, shout out to Sid. Shout out to Sid, by the way. Love Sid. But I do feel like she's someone who also misplaces her debit card. Oh, yeah. If Sydney could find both her debit card and remember her PIN number in the yeah. same afternoon, but, I would be so impressed. But she knows your mother's uh, that's debit she's card and that's PIN number. That's why she's my hero. Yeah. That's the, and that's, that's why I'll be right the honorary there. second daughter anytime. Yeah. That yeah. is true. Uh -huh. Put that me in the will. Wait, waiting for your credit card, huh? Uh -huh. <laughs> and make me an authorized user anytime. Oh, my you God. It's all good. But, yeah, it's been Vegasy as hell out here. It has been uh, uh, super Vegasy out here. Just for you, I feel like the last, like, week or so has just been chock full of news where everyone's been trained right. You, you were the first ha person I thought of. Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari, all of that. I mean, the, the, the Formula One minute historic that day. You looked like you were going to pass out after. I did. I was worried we needed to get you water here now still. <laughs> How have you recovered from this news? Not well. I mean, it still feels like quite a shock. This last few weeks, between all the NFL coaching carousel and the college football <clears throat> coaching carousel still hasn't ended. Now we got Bill O'Brien news today. I mean, Formula One, it is just sports never end, even in the offseason. Is this Brady going to Tampa? It's, I, it's like if Brady went to the Cowboys, I feel like. It's bigger. Mm. It's it's. Ferrari because it's is, Ferrari. Yeah, it's hard to describe Ferrari's impact on Formula One. They're the oldest Formula One team. They're one of the most popular Formula One teams, certainly, and very successful. Um, but, yeah, Lewis Hamilton also has his own brand and his own, you know, allure about him. So combining those two things is like, psh, the most powerful combination of two things And what's ever. he making? What do we think he's making? But, oh, so much money. I, I read like $100 million, something. Oh. I don't know. I don't have the exact number. You could say as a comp, it would be like Notre Dame going to the Big Ten. 
It'd be like Notre Dame going to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking of the Cowboys, but I feel like, you know, big, big Cowboys, like the Death Star, right? yeah. I, I only say Notre Dame to the Big Ten because we had the news you mentioned in college football the other day of now like a redux of the alliance where it's just oh my God. the Big Ten and the SEC decided to shake hands in public right. and say they were going to come together on a strategic partnership here. Is that something, nothing, or everything to you? Like, does that med- register on the Richter scale of what we've seen in college football lately? for you i mean no like an announcement that conferences are talking to each other doesn't really i mean unless something happens afterwards but we've like you said we've seen them do this before and then nothing came of it in fact the other conferences just kept (laughs) poaching teams from those conferences so i don't know i don't really see i'm with you the alliance we're talking about was the pac-12 the big 10 and the acc all were arm in arm saying we're going to do everything together until something's good for us and not you, and then we're leaving. Right. So that was nothing. So, Mike, I, I, I and I heard Nicole Arbach talking about this, and I get it because they're the two biggest. As I, as the analogy I made on the Dan Patrick show when you and I were on this morning was there are two prom kings who are band, yes. banding together to overtake the world. But I just feel they're doing that until somebody can get something more out of it than the other, and then they're not going to care about each other anymore. Yeah, I think the reason that people are maybe like paying attention to it is because if you we, if we do exist in a world in the future in which there's two major conferences, it will be those two conferences. Right. Like yes. they are obviously the most well positioned to be. We've already the started big publicly two. referring to them as the power two. Right. That's been a thing that's not just a couple of people. Right. Yeah. I still don't. I no. still don't. Yeah. I don't want to give them that much. Are you still going? I, I'm anti-conference. I'm anti-conference forever. For Notre Dame Independence. Are yeah. you still uh, going the Power Six like the American Athletic Conference <laughs> commissioner wanted it to be for so long? Oh, the P6 that's stickers? so sweet. That's I've been so saying P4, yeah. honestly. <laughs> I, I, I say rest in power to our friends out of the Pac-12. But I, the only reason it was interesting to me, because the way they phrased it in the you know boilerplate is – to a, they brought together the athletic directors, presidents, right. and chancellors. And everyone around or not familiar with college football, the decisions are made at the president and chancellor right. level. They brought together the most powerful group of Hilton and Marriott Rewards members oh imaginable God. into one group. They have like stone statuses that the rest of us can't even comprehend. They have had to invent elements on the periodic table for the kind of Marriott points that they have. But the idea was address significant challenges facing college athletics. The only reason it's interesting to me is because of the backdrop of the point we're at now, where it seems like everybody on the school side is especially sick of what the NCAA is trying to do, because we've seen this renewed effort in the last year for them to try and come in and police this area and name, image, and likeness. That's the way college football does business now. Like, right, wrong, or indifferent, however you thought it was supposed to be at the beginning, there is what you tried to lay out as the NCAA retroactively, and then there's the reality of the way the system works, where, yes, collectives are absolutely being used as enticement for players in the portal out of high school recruiting, and the NCAA got in trouble here for sitting on their hands for so long, waiting for someone else to help them out, that it does seem like the schools are now saying, all right, we're sick of you trying to come in here and do this after the fact. We're going to actually put resources toward figuring out something else. That's the only reason I am I'm somewhat interested because this is peacetime as opposed to wartime the way it was in the pandemic. I feel like it's every time is wartime right now mm. in college football, Mike. But I do think they're I don't exactly know how I want to phrase this, but I do think when you bring any group of schools together, and obviously, like, this conversation centered around college football, when in reality, I think a lot of these institutions like being part of the NCAA when it comes to the other sports. Sure. And they're completely fine. Like, they're they're 
partners. They work together. The schools are the NCAA. They are all kind of one thing that works together when it comes to a lot of the things that they like that the NCAA does. Um, obviously, there's now this lawsuit in Tennessee over recruiting and Florida State and all these different violations happening and NCAA coming in here and being like, oh, we don't like the way you're running your collective or any, you know, you can't drive a, a recruit to a collective meeting and all these things that are like, okay, like, what are we still doing here? They don't like that when it comes to college football because that's the moneymaker for a lot of schools. But even in the SEC and the Big Ten, there are still some schools that aren't, you know, at that level that I don't know exactly how you're ever going to get everyone on the same page. And that's why, to me, it shouldn't be the rest of the power conferences worried here. It should be the teams at the back end of the SEC and the Big Ten that worry when they Sorry, start Vanderbilt. talking. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, those teams that have been chanting the three letters at a lot of different <laughs> games are going to be looking up going, oh, wait a minute, we don't have a home now because the Big Ten and the SEC are just going to say, They're hey, relegating us. you know the so, best teams in our conferences? We just want them. So I, I guess my question is the college right now is is is, is a scatter shot what's the next official thing that's going to be done that that's that's where I am. I have no idea. And trying to predict that is a fool's errand. So instead, we will have Jessica yep. Smetana try and predict the Super Bowl. Jess, you're going to be the first one oh going boy. up on yep. our board here Don't in Vegas this week. We need score and who you are predicting the winner to be. Am I just writing the score? You're, you're writing the score, and then we'll put it on the side of yeah, the winner. Yeah, the side yeah. of the winner. Okay, so okay. Nice and big so we can read it. You're the first one, so don't screw this up. Ah. Oh, it feels Okay. I changed my initial gut reaction. All right, and who do you think wins? San Francisco. All right, so we've got 27-24 San Francisco. Oh, you've got to sign it. We'll have you do that off air right, here. Right, right. Mm. 27-24, so you like this 49ers I to do. win, cover, and the over in this game. Wow. Yeah. Seven and a half. It's there it is. It's going to be an exciting one. Our first Boys. pick. Nice. Bullocks. The brothers Golics, all three of us. All Mike's Golics <laughs> up here. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. (laughs) 
All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. We're brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of fans' hearts. And our hearts just racing here. My yep. father, in I guess was apparently your first Super Bowl appearance, you almost fell out of the chair. You unplugged yourself. The NASCAR pit crew over here had to come up and bail you out like three times. Are you good? It was pretty cool how everybody ran up here. Yes, I dropped my phone. I went to pick it up. I stepped on the cord. I unplugged the two cords I need plugged in. But I did plug them back in myself before the pit crew got here. That was impressive. And was able to straighten myself out. Yeah, that's my first Super Bowl. I always get worried I'm when really we, you know, a member of the elderly community takes a fall Seriously? like that. I was worried. I got enough with my partner, Jess, you know, Golik and Smeddy age-shaming me. I don't need you to do well, it. Well, we've established she's just another Golik sibling. She is. So it makes sense. She falls right yeah. into what we normally do. And what we normally do around here usually involves our friend Jesse Cofield, by the way, right. usually holding it down in Boston. She is obviously pregnant, couldn't make the trip out here. We miss Jesse. We're glad she's doing right. well. She's usually the one that leads us through this, Dad. It's Monday here. It's time to do a, lit of, a little bit of Mic'd Up Monday okay. where we get into some of the sound bites. And thankfully for us, we got teams in the Super Bowl willing to give us some stuff here. We had the players show up the other night. We've got opening night coming up tonight. Right. The big media spectacle, everything that goes on over at the stadium. That's going to be a boatload of fun. But as we get into Mike Dump Monday, yesterday we had a cool moment where we had an interview involving two of the big stars of this game that play the same position, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, both stars and hosts of Tight End You, the summit right. that we see every summer, getting a chance to show each other a little bit of love yesterday. The king of Tight End You, man. He's uh, best tight end in the league, and I mean, deservingly so this year. He's been playing lights out. Um, playing the best football of his career and uh, really catapulting that, that San Fran team uh, through the playoffs, man. And I uh, couldn't be more proud of him and couldn't be more honored, really, to go up against uh, George in another Super Bowl. Um, can't say enough amazing things about who he is as a guy and who his family is. Um, can't say a bad thing about him, man. Dad, it is interesting to consider both of these guys in this game. Travis Kelsey is a guy that's got a claim to the best tight end ever. People right. are going to have that debate with him and Rob Gronkowski, and it's sort of a styles make fights matchup. We talked about Travis being the all-time leader in postseason receptions. If you watch him, not much of a blocker. He's willing. Right. He gets involved enough for them to be able to run multi-tight end packages. But when you talk about Gronk, and certainly when you talk about George Kittle and the Iowa oh. varietal of tight ends, George is one of the best two-way tight ends the game has right now as a devastating blocker and a guy that in the open field is a nightmare to try and bring down with the ball. Listen, when you're from I when you play at Iowa, the first thing you learn to do is stick your face mask in the chest of the opponent. Oh, yeah. Right? You're an offensive – no matter what yes. position you play at Iowa, you are also an offensive line. Absolutely are, and you understand that. He is just, he's a vicious blocker. And he tries to, he doesn't just try and block you, he tries to finish you. And I appreciate that about him as well. But he had a monster year. Travis didn't have his normal year. Uh, Kittle had the year. Kittle was the all-pro this year. The thing about George, though, if you look in the postseason, I don't think he's had over 40 yards in receiving yards, I believe, in the last few postseason games. Yeah. So from that standpoint, it's been a while before he's been that major impact in the postseason. So we'll see if he is here. Remember, you have Ayuk, you have McCaffrey, you have Debo Samuel, you have other, other weapons out there. So a lot of it's going to depend on what the uh, defense is going to give you. Yeah, because uh, I wanted to ask which is going to be the biggest factor in the game, but I think it's always going to be Travis because of what you mentioned there. For George Kittle on the other side, they've got other places they can go. That's an offense full of incredibly versatile pieces. Christian McCaffrey outside of Patrick Mahomes is one of the betting favorites to be the MVP if this were to go San Francisco's way. 
And so it takes a little while where George Kittle, they're going to have to use him to slow down some of this pass rush. He does so many of the dirty things that don't show up in the box score. Travis Kelsey, you're one of two trustworthy receiving weapons that they have in this Kansas City offense. It's you and Rasheed Rice, and then everyone else, you got to kind of hope when their number gets called, a la Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they're ready to go. So what's interesting, too, in this one is who covers tight ends yeah right who what what what's the matchup who would cover a kittle or if you're going man who would cover a kittle who would cover a, tr- a kelsey is it safeties are you doing linebackers well how about this fred warner for san francisco has the low the, the best cover rate of any linebacker this year yeah he's incredible nick, nick bolton the the linebacker for the chiefs third wow. of any linebacker so both these linebackers when asked to cover have done pretty well. Now, lifetime against um, uh, Fred Warner against Kelsey, uh, when they've played against each other, six times uh, Kelsey's been targeted. He's had five catches for like 63 yards. So he's had some catches there. It's good, which is what happens when it's good on good. Kyle Hamilton last week was a guy that hadn't given up a touchdown to a tight end all year. And the first drive they go down there on one-on-one against Travis, he gets got. So you're right. It's great on great yes. in those areas. Yep. That's going to make this really fun. Speaking of greatness, a lot's been made of Brock Purdy's greatness or right. not throughout most of the season. Cam Newton has weighed on this on multiple occasions, <laughs> including most recently on his podcast, where he made the point about where he believes Brock Purdy ranks just as a player on his own team. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in a defensive talent and you add in an offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on his team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. So, Dad, in honor of that statement, because while I don't know if he's the 10th best player on the 49ers, right, right, right. he's certainly down on the list there. Yeah. I want to draft the players in this game who you'd want to have. If you get to pick any player on each team and you've got a draft in terms of who you think is okay. the best players okay. in this game, I think for both of us it starts with Patrick Mahomes, right? I think the first two are easy. I think, all right, so the first one is clearly Patrick Mahomes. The second one would then be Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. All yes. right, yes. so those are one and two off the yes. board in a way that makes sense to me. Where would you go for the third best player in this game? Wow. Is it then Kelsey? Is it Travis? The is way it... he's playing right now, like postseason Travis Kelsey this season, you could probably justify that. Yeah. I would say for me there, I would either go him or Chris Jones. Chris Jones is playing well. Now, Chris Jones barely has any sacks in the postseason. Sure. But he's got pressures. You mentioned and I all, just the mentioned double teams. all the double teams. Well, you're getting double teams. Somebody else on your D-line or whoever's rushing better be stepping up to get pressure. Because I, I think it becomes next after that, it's do you want to go for one of the tight ends? So would you go for Kelsey or Chris Jones there? I mean, I know I'm a former defensive guy. You think I go defense, but you got to have a weapon to throw to. So you go Kelsey. Kelsey's probably Kelsey and Kittle at this point. Well, tough not to say Kittle, but Kelsey for for Kansas City is is that main cog. So we go Mahomes, CMC, Kelsey, and then after that. You going Chris Jones there? You going Nick Bosa there? You, I was going to say, if you're going defensive side of the ball, you go Bosa, you go Jones. I probably lean to Jones because the versatility of lining up inside, outside. He's going to line up over right guard, left guard, right tackle. I mean, he's he's going to move along to find that spot. Yeah. 
I would, I would agree. So I think it's interesting to look at this game when we talk about, oh, this is the worst Chiefs roster that Patrick Mahomes has had in a while, where I think we largely base that off receiver. We have now gone, what, four of the first five are guys that aren't in 49ers uniforms? Yeah, yeah. In our mind there, just working through this on the fly right now? It almost seems like the next one. I mean, you have to give Kittle some love because he was the all-pro tight end. But I guess what's hard there is the fact that you have four major – you know, home run hitters on that offense with CMC and Kittle and Debo and Ayuk. Yeah, you do. But I think in that group, it becomes an interesting debate after Christian McCaffrey who the weapon you want to take away is. I think that's going to be part of the calculus for Spags. Obviously, you're going to have a ton of of attention focused on Christian McCaffrey, but then after that, that old Patriot idea of who do you want to take away from there, taking away what they do best. You look, and I think a lot of people, especially based on the way he came back and played last week in their game against Detroit, might be Debo Samuel because of everything that he can do in that offense. All the places you can put him, you have to be constantly aware of where that guy at then you look at I mean from the from that defensive side as well where do you go as far as defensive backs for San Francisco because you have to play against Patrick Mahomes, Charverius Ward uh, obviously an excellent player and then if you were to do it let's the two best old linemen in this game are Trent Williams a left tackle for San Francisco yep. and I would say Creed Humphrey Creed Humphrey center, or Joe Tooney or Joe, Joe, Joe Tooney, Tooney unfortunately as, yeah. as Andy Reid said it's a long shot so let's take him out it'd be Creed Humphrey and Trent, Trent Williams it's Trent, I mean Trent it's Williams Trent. Trent Williams has about every accolade you can have Accept a Super Bowl title, and he is now in his first one. He's got a lot of accolades, but coming up next, we'll see if he gets one of the best accolades anyone could hope for this week. The member of our all-weekend team here at Gojo and Goal coming off this weekend next. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. We're presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings' official flowers for Valentine's coming up. Have you got that set for mom, by the way? You figured that out? Valentine's Day is coming up. Is this news to you? Do I have to remind you? Valentine's Day, let me just say. Oh, boy. Let me just say. I was hoping one of you kids would take that over for me. Oh, interesting. You want us to try and show the love to your wife that is your marital responsibility. I have that right. Yes. So you've completely forgotten is what you're talking um, about. Boy, yeah. Boy, that's – the um, Stugats is strong in you right now. You know what? She will get something from me, and it will be like I knew exactly what I was doing, like I've done for the last 36 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, disappointment, certainly in my mom's well, future coming that's, up. you want to ask your mother day. about that. That's probably a word she'd use. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the case here. So uh, let's get to some people that are not a disappointment to their parents or significant others. The members of our all-weekend team, we had a big weekend coming up. Obviously, the rest of this week is going to be so dominated by what goes on in the NFL and everything around this game. Dad, let's get to We're going to do second team and first okay. team. All, all right. weekend picks this weekend. I'll let you start off. Who is going to be your second team? Second here? team, I'm going to Pebble Beach, which Ooh. was played this weekend. The pro am out there in Pebble Beach, which got walloped. Did you by see the that Sunday? That the, the the last round. Nightmare oh, fuel. As, so, as someone who came from the West Coast and flew from Los Angeles out here and barely missed out that, on that, couldn't imagine having that was that. the scene of the priest out in Caddyshack yes. having the best round of his life. I don't I don't think the hardship coming down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm. I'm going to go with the third round of that, and Wyndham Clark yeah. shot a 60, had the eagle putt on 18 for a 59. 
and came up a little short, surprisingly, that you come up come short on, on that. But it was a long putt. It was a long putt. It was a tough one. But he had a little tap in after that to, to shoot a 60. It was a monster, monster day for him. Before the, it, was, it was raining on and off for the first couple of days, and then that Sunday was just brutal. But I'm going to go with Wyndham Clark. I mean, listen, I know they golf a lot. They're pros, but you're, not many times you're there. Yeah. You know, and you have that shot to break 60. I know he missed it, but still getting a 60, pretty damn sweet. Pretty that dial in. No yeah. doubt, very impressive. Good for him. And uh, God, that weather looked like oh. an absolute nightmare. Uh, my second team pick, I'm going to go to a sport that never deals with weather and uh, say congratulations to Doc Rivers. Uh, got his first win with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I believe, against the Dallas Mavericks over this weekend here. And he was also named the All-Star Game head coach for the East squad. He got the job by Just having unreal. the best record among the East teams with eligible coaches by February 4th. And Dad, he tried to kind of do the right thing in the most Stugatzi right, way possible, right, right. where he says, let me send my staff to go and coach the All-Star game, and I'll go on a weekend-long vacation here. Incredible effort on that part good, there, but it sounds move. like they're going to make him work. Yeah, they're going to make him work. He's coached, what, a handful of games? Yeah. And he's the coach of the All-Star game. I mean, you, you have to just chuckle at that. It's just it's one of those loopholes. It's like we saw, um, who was it last year, the quarterback that ended up making the Pro Bowl despite only having oh. a handful of starts? Oh, my God, I forgot, because they go down the list to so many in that game. You I mean, do, it's, but it's, it's that same I, point where... How bad it is now, I'd have made the Pro Bowl if I was playing today. That is true. I mean, I'd have been like the 14th alternate and gotten the game changed somehow. Changed your financial and, future. And, it would have been on your Wikipedia page. Oh, let me tell you what, it'd be everywhere. I'd be leading. It would be the first thing after Mike Golakama. You know, Pro Bowl, I wouldn't say 14th alternate. It would just say Pro Bowl. No, it would just strictly be Pro yeah. Bowl or there. But yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Listen, it, it's... Doc Rivers, we saw the quote from him, basically Stu Gatz's line. I didn't ask for any of this, that I wouldn't wish this on anybody right. coming in in this particular situation. But he's come into a situation where he's handed a perennial Eastern Conference contender who had won over 30 games by the time that he got them, who just needed really one specific outcome from him, more organization on the defensive end. You've still got Giannis and Dame Lillard to work with, and so not many people going to cry crocodile tears for Doc Rivers at this point, considering the opportunity that he's got ahead of him to go and make a postseason run with a team Team that knows how to get to the top right. and knows how to get to the hardware. Yeah, uh, gr great job out of him. All, all for that it was phenomenal. Uh, so uh, good, good second teamers there. I should say, yeah, good quality, second teamers. Quality yeah. second teamers there, Dad. Who's your first team pick? So I'm going to the NHL All Star Game, which, which amazingly enough, I watched most of that and didn't watch barely any of the Pro Bowl stuff sure. in the oh, NFL, because yeah. I love the skills challenge, not so much the game, but the skills challenge. This year. They had a million dollars on the skills challenge. Which winner. we said should have been in a duffel bag yep, at center ice just waiting in front of everybody. A everything that involves money like that should be like the poker championships when they just dump the yep. cash right on the, on the table. But see, I want the heart rate yep. track, too, when they can yep. see the money and watch them sweat it out. So Connor McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers won the million dollars. He is my he is first teamer for me. A million dollars. They went through the skills competition. The last event was the obstacle course. He had to finish, uh, needed to finish second or better. He ended up winning the event, needed to be second or better in that last event. He ended up winning the event and winning the $1 million. So 
I, I mean, that is a stunningly great prize, even in professional sports. It's like we talked about with the NBA's in-season tournament where you had this financial yes. reward in the back, and people said, well, these guys are multimillionaires. Right. What are they really going to care about all this? And we saw, in addition to just the added element of competition, that's not an insignificant amount of money to any of these guys. And so, in this case, a million dollars goes even further. You're never going to sneeze at that. No, no, you are not. And quite honestly, I like how they the All-Star game as well. The All-Star game, it featured – uh, three-on-three tournament, putting four teams that were drafted on Thursday night. I like watching the three-on-three. A lot more spacing, a lot more shots, tougher on the goalies for sure. Yep. Uh, but I do, I do like watching that element. But, man, a mil- I don't know of another all-star thing in any sport where one person is getting $1 million. Because, again, the basketball, they all got a half a million. They didn't get a million. It's still pretty damn nice. See, this is what you need to do, college football, if you're tired of the opt-outs. The MVP of next year's Pop-Tarts Bowl or Duke's Mayo Bowl needs to get, like, $500,000. Now, all of a sudden, you got a chance to go and ball in Charlotte and watch your coach get doused in Mayo and get half a million dollars because it could be anybody. You don't know who it could be. And so, yeah, it's not mm. going to fully offset that. But if you got someone that's on the edge and thinking about it, could be something interesting to consider. So, Would you take, and again, it's not going to be a million dollars. Would you take $10,000 or Pop-Tarts for Life? Pop-Tarts for Life. Yeah. Final answer. Okay. Yeah, what not would, even a question. What would the number be? That you would take the money instead of the Pop-Tarts for life. It'd probably be in, like, the six-figure <laughs> yeah, territory. I would think so, right? If we're in five figures, I'm probably still thinking about my Pop-Tart consumption and how that's going to stack up. So, okay. very interesting all to consider right. at GoJoanGolick okay. on Twitter if you want to answer the same question. My first team all weekend pick is going to go to, unsurprisingly, Caitlin Clark. This I could mean, be any number of things there. Caitlin Clark scores 38 points in a win against Maryland. She's now 66 points from passing Kelsey Plum. Two games? For number one all-time. <laughs> which mean, in her rate of seriously. consumption, yeah. Yeah. Probably in the next two games, but it was interesting watching it in the background of some comments that came out over the weekend. Cheryl Swoops was on with Gilbert Arenas on their podcast and had this to say about Caitlin Clark's pursuit of Kelsey Plum's record. If you're going to break a record, to me, if it's legitimate, you have to break that record in the same amount of time that that player set it. Okay. In, right? So if, if Kelsey Plum set that record in four years, mm-hmm. well, Caitlin should have broke that record in four years. But because there's a COVID year, then there's another year. You know what I mean? So she's already had an extra year to break that record. So is it truly a broken record? Now, Cheryl Swoops is a legend in her own right. This is not to besmirch her. This is to applaud. The Stugatz is also strong in her. This is Caitlin Clark's fourth season. Caitlin Clark has played in 123 career games. Kelsey Plum played in 139, yeah. where she scored all of that. The COVID year actually shortened Caitlin Clark's season and her attempts to do so. And so this was a spot where I saw a lot of Iowa people had a strong reaction to that. A lot of people were coming for Cheryl Swoops. I don't want to go that far because no. Cheryl Swoops is an absolute legend. It just sort of made me chuckle because this is one of those things. In this era, we're so used to this with players. But with Caitlin Clark, so, she is a four-year player that's on the cusp of putting this record so far out of reach from anyone else. We have to believe that Cheryl Swoops didn't know the game oh, numbers. Oh, for sure. So, I, I guess real quick, Against what, what do you feel about that? What if what if it was Caitlin Clark's fifth year? She would still have the record. Then you talk about asterisks. Or what we do is we say in number of games it took, I, right? I, I think it's one of those things. 
that's why we talk about the need for better stats, <laughs> counting stats, volume stats. They're always going to skew in favor of time. Right. That's true anywhere with any record, especially in college. You can differentiate with points per game. You can find other ways to still celebrate Kelsey Plum, but longevity could also be a thing right. that you support and celebrate there. And either way, Caitlin Clark's career going to be one that we talk about and celebrate for a long time. We're just getting started here. Hour number two coming up in Vegas. Stormy Bonantoni, Mike Lombardi going to join us next.